Hi, welcome to another of uh, the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. And how's it going? It's been a while since we've done a since we've done a show. So yeah, it's been a while since we've done a show, so yeah. Good yeah, to, good to see you all again. We're here. Well, you haven't been doing an episode with me for a while, and like we mentioned before, it's usually because of scheduling issues, but mm-hmm. A lot of people seem to like the American Horror Story episodes that Dad and I do, which That's is good. That's cool, yeah. And I, I, I like those. I like, I enjoyed discussing that show with my dad, and I like talking about the references that they use in the show. Well, at least you get to do something with your dad. This sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's hard for us as a couple doing a podcast together to sometimes discuss what we're going to do with a podcast between work and other things going on in basically it's just time and time is usually a pain in the ass so yeah. at least we had this time right now to actually do something and you can explain to them what we're going to discuss today so i thought it would be a fun idea and i've kind of been doing i don't know if i mentioned this before on the podcast but i have been keeping a bullet journal of all the horror movies that i've watched this helps me kind of keep track of what we've covered so far not only on the podcast but what i've already seen and my opinion on them Mm -hmm. so what i've done is i on every page i do a horror movie i take down a little bit of information about the movie i write a brief synopsis of what it's about and then i write down my likes and my dislikes of the movie and then i'll give it a little personal scoring of mine and I have decorated over the years, or not years, but this is this has been like a monthly project. It feels like years. It almost does. But I've been decorating it over the past few weeks with stamps, stickers, uh, multicolored pens and pencils. So it's been kind of fun. So I have an idea. Okay. Since we don't want to make this too long of an episode and you want to go over, what, about five movies? So- I wanted, I figured we would have time to do a brief, brief, and like brief. Brief reviews of at least five movies from my book. That's why I'm thinking with each one, we can discuss them in a little fun little, like, um, recap of all these of, like, five minutes for each one. I don't think five minutes is really going to cover all of it because five minutes per movie, that's 25 minutes. It's really not going to... I mean, I don't want it to be a lengthy episode. It's not going to be a lengthy episode because we're going to make it short and sweet. I know you're crunching on time, Mm -hmm. but we'll be okay. There are movies in my journal that we have already discussed in previous podcast episodes, so I'm not going to pick those. I'm going to pick ones that we have not discussed yet, and I am going to... Like like I said, I'm just going to do brief synopsis, brief information, so I'm not going to go into like budget, box office ratings. I'm just going to do Just talk ge- about what you think of it. What yeah. you think of it. What, what I not. what I liked and what I didn't like in my personal review rating and I'll let Colin do the same with his. Especially if these are movies that you've seen, Colin, then mm-hmm. you can chime in if you want to. Yes. So, I'm going to do Candyman first. Now, I wanted to do Candyman as like a remake debate when the remake comes out this year, but that's not going to be till August, so we've yeah. got time. This way, like, if we talk about it now... We talk about what the first one's about. We'll get a brief review of it now and then go in more depth once the remake comes okay, out. So, okay. Well, yeah. So, Candyman has a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes. It was released on October 16th of 1992 
Bernard Rose was the director, and on IMDb, it got a 6.6 out of 10 rating. And this one was written by Clive Barker, too, which he's already been established in the horror world thanks to Hellraiser and a bunch of other his, his movies. Yep, so the synopsis I'm going to read to you is, quote, The skeptical graduate student Helen Lyle befriends Anne-Marie McCoy while researching superstitions in a housing project in Chicago's near north side from Anne-Marie Helen learns about the Candyman, a knife-wielding figure of urban legend that some of her neighbors believe to be responsible for a recent murder. After a mysterious man matching the Candyman's description begins stalking her, Helen comes to fear that the legend may be all too real. Now, to go into why I like this movie, I, there's a lot of things I like about this movie. It has a diverse cast of actors. It's a great slasher flick. It has really hauntingly disturbing visuals, which in a horror movie is something that I look to mm-hmm. a lot. The ending is very powerful and impactful, and I love it so much. The message and all that behind this movie is amazing, and not only that, yes. the music score is perfect. It's yes. top-notch. It's very good, and it's got a good original written premise, mm-hmm. which I will give Clive Barker props for. I mean, that's what was and great about him. Things I didn't like about the movie was just a couple of characters from the movie that I didn't like. One uh, was Helen's boyfriend, Trevor. He's he, a dick. He was an asshole. I fucking hate Trevor, but I love what happens to him in the movie, especially yeah. the way, like, when he, Helen... He, she gets a revenge. Not only she died, but... During. Well, when she was alive and she was finding out more about his affair with that student, she was really traumatizing the shit. That's, she yeah. All she had to do was just walk into a room and she, the girl started crying. And I remember that scene to the, that, like my dying day. I kind of laughed at that because She's how like, fast she got <laughs> crying. And she cried like, so fast. I know. Like I said, all she had to do was just show up at the apartment and the girl started crying. Yeah, the, well, the woman's terrifying and intimidating. I can see that. I also... And this has been brought up before, and it's like typical horror movie tropes that are just, what do you call it, overrated or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's the bumbling cop trope. Like, there's, there's some cops in the movie that try to cooperate and work with Helen when she, you know, asks questions about the housing project and everything, mm-hmm. but then when she becomes a suspect in some of the murders and the disappearance of that woman's baby, that's when they're like, oh, she's going crazy thing, and I'm like... No, she's just, she's just, yeah. For her, psychologically, it was fucked. Yeah. You know, because she was trying to tell them the truth, but they really couldn't see it because this thing is beyond truth. It's beyond real, you know. It's from another, it's a ghost. Yeah. You know, what do you expect? I like to, I, just to give myself some credit, I decorated this thing. I've, like I said, I've been buying stickers and I've been collecting stamps too. So I gave it a little heart stamp as like my way of saying I love this movie it's really good. I loved it so much. So I'm really excited for that remake to come out. Mm-hmm. And I found bee stickers, like bumblebee stickers, and I put them all over this page as like a little nod to the whole Jordan, bumblebee concept. Of and the, Jordan Peele's directing it. Right? Jordan Peele is supposedly directing this yep, remake. And, and, and Tony I am, Todd is coming back as a Candyman. I am excited for yeah. all of it. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I'm excited for it because I love that this is not a remake or a reboot, but this is a continuation. Yes. It's a continuation of like the whole thing, especially with the story within the first one. And, and with the sequels, they were okay, but it's just like it wasn't continuing. It wasn't the same. Yeah. You know? I gave I gave this movie, my personal rating was 8 out of 10, mm-hmm. which on my scale of how I rate things is it's a good movie. 
could have been better, yes, which is what I'm hoping for with the remake, but it's still overall a good, powerful horror movie. I think it's going to be great overall, and the cla- and this the first movie is such a classic. I mean, you know, there there are bad there are bad parts to it, but you know what? Even with bad parts, there's always good things. Yes, so, and it's yeah. like like you said, it's it's developed its own cult classic. It's developed its own following. Audience. Yes, yeah, you like know. it's it's a good. It's a movie that a lot of people love, like, in the horror genre. And not only and just fans, but people within the movie business yes. love this movie, and they praise yes. this film. Yes, know. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. So, moving on to the next movie we're going to talk about, I put down Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. You're, this is mostly you. I, don't I really know, know but so, yeah. we talked about this in our Halloween remake debate. I mm-hmm. love Rob Zombie. I think he's an amazing musician, and he's a hell of a director especially when it comes to his horror films yeah this is one of his originally written movies so i'm really happy to be covering this one and i will i did also put down devil's rejects because that was one of my favorites of his as well yeah i haven't seen three from hell i want to watch it and i saw the kill count that I uh, people have said they, it wasn't that good i it's hard to say i have to watch it and then i'll probably do a review of it later but yeah. so far this is this is the one i'm going to be talking about so House of a Thousand Corpses has a runtime of an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was released on April 11th of 2003. Oh, wow. It was directed by Rob Zombie, as I mentioned. It has a 6.1 out of 10 rating on IMDb. And the synopsis goes as this. So, an empty fueling tank and a flat tire lead two couples down a terror riddled rose to the house of a thousand corpses house of a thousand corpses is at its core a story of family a cast of twisted individuals who with each slash of a throat or stab through the chest add bodies to their sick human menagerie Mm. i love this movie i love there's it's got a again it's a good cast of people it Rain Wilson's also in it. He plays one of the victims, unfortunately. So his his yeah, screen Dwight time from the office, yeah, yeah. But his screen time is cut pretty short. But it's overall, I think, a pretty good movie. Yeah. It has, I think, a it's like one big nod off to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love that's that how, he still brings the humor to it. So yeah. yeah, but that's how like I affiliate this movie with. It almost has like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe, which mm-hmm. is another series of movies I want to watch. No, and I just think it's a really good. Are you sure? Movie. Are you sure you want to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because it's not all for the. Uh, it's not for the. Uh, faint of heart. Faint of heart. Yes. I'm okay Thank with you. it. Okay. I mean, it's fine. All right, because I mean, you're morbid as fuck. Because so. House of a Thousand Corpses, like I said, it's fucked up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. got a lot of weird visuals. And here, I'll I'll get into why I like it. So, like God. I said, great cast. And when you watch behind the scenes footage of most Rob Zombie movies, everybody who's casted in it always seems like they have a good time making mm-hmm. the movie. Oh, yeah. It's got gruesome kill scenes, especially what happens with Rain Wilson's character, mm-hmm. which I think is very disturbing. I forgot what and it was, but yeah. Well, he got killed, and <laughs> Otis... How, though? <laughs> Otis, I don't know how he was killed. I mean, there's, there's like... They use great cinematography, too, because they use, like, traditional camera work, and then they use old-school cinematography mm-hmm. styles, which is very interesting. And yeah. it's got... It's, so it shows in the movie that Baby Firefly and her brother Otis were torturing Rain Wilson, and eventually he died. I guess he must have succumbed to all of his injuries and stuff. But Otis takes his body, and he does... He pulls a P.T. Barnum, and he creates a fish boy statue out of him where he mm. sews like his bottom 
Like his, he sews his top half with like a big fish tail, like a mermaid tail almost. Yeah. And he gives him like a really gaunting like look. It's very disturbing, but I think I find it very cool. Well, that's cute. <laughs> and it's got iconic characters. So anybody who knows about Rob Zombie's movies, they often affiliate Captain Spaulding, Baby yeah. Firefly, who's played by Sherry Moon Zombie, who? Otis Firefly, all that good stuff. Who plays uh, Captain Spaulding? Sid Haig, who sadly has passed away a few years back. And I remember the last Scarecon we went to, they did a whole filmography tribute to, and they not only played House of Thousand Corpses, they played Devil's Rejects. They played played a lot of movies, a lot of his movies that he starred in. And it was just, you know, one big memoriam to him, Mm. which... I know. I'm saddened. I know. I'm not going to get into it. Why don't, you, why don't you tell me what you liked or not liked? Honey, I've never seen this movie. you never seen it? No. That's why oh. I'm telling you this is more of your film because i never fully seen the film. From okay. what I have seen, especially with little clips and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I mean, I find it humorous because of Captain Spaulding's dark sense of humor that kind of makes the film... So great. Yeah. And although I did love this movie a lot, I put a little heart stamp on here to show my love for it. There are a couple things I didn't like, which were that... That's kind of surprising. Some plot points seemed a bit too unnecessary. Like, I don't think the Doctor Doom or something like that. I can't remember what the character was. Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four? No, there's like a... um, I have to rewatch the movie because it's been a while since I've seen it. Because one of the biggest thing surrounding Captain Spaulding's horror ride mm-hmm. is the legend of Dr. Evil or Dr. Horror or Dr. Whatever he is. He was this like... You're right with a doctor, but yeah. But yeah, he he would kidnap people. He would disembowel them in like torturous ways and just totally fuck with people. And I think that kind of concept was totally unnecessary. I think you could have just written it as this murderous family with the help of this clown guy helping lure these people to their house, you know, and yeah, it was just very strange. I just didn't think it was necessary. And then Otis Firefly, like I get he's a bit of a a deranged man, but he, there were moments where he got too preachy and I was like, oh, I hate preachy people. Hmm. Sorry, but that's just my opinion. Is that your conclusion to that one? I gave it an eight out of 10 rating. Okay. That's my rating. I take what you will. I'm not saying it's the best, but in my opinion, it was pretty good. The next movie I want to talk about is Mama. It's... I don't know Mama. You don't know Mama? Okay. I never I never watched Mama. I'm not talking about the movie Ma with... No, I know, but Octavia Mama. Spencer. Yeah, the really scary one with the... the... Mama is a ghost story with Jessica Chastain, stars no, in it. And never watched it. It has a runtime of an hour and 40 minutes. It was released on January 18th, 2013. I'm going to butcher the name, but the director's name is Andreas Muschietti. Muschietti? Muschietti, yep. Muschietti. And it has an IMDb rating of 6.2 out of 10. So the synopsis goes... On the day that their parents die, sisters Lily and Victoria vanish in the woods, prompting a frantic search by their uncle Lucas and his girlfriend Annabelle. Five years later, miraculously, the girls are found alive in a decaying cabin, and Lucas and Annabelle welcome them into their home. 
But as Annabelle tries to reintroduce the children to a normal life, she finds that something wants to tuck them in at night. Mm -hmm. I find this movie to be pretty interesting. I gave it a pretty good rating, like a 9 out of 10, which is, in my opinion, is a fucking good movie. Like I said, Jessica Chastain stars in it. It's one of the things I like about this movie Jessica Chastain has been an amazing actress. I mean, we've seen her in so much stuff. She was yeah, she's in, in tons of films. Yeah, she was in The Help. She was in It Chapter 2. She's in a lot of movies, but she's always really good at her acting abilities. And Mama, the ghost, the apparition that follows these girls from the woods to their home mm-hmm. is actually played by a man. I didn't get his name, but he's played by a man, which okay. I thought was pretty, really interesting. And that's not bad. It's a scary, scary ghost story, and it's got good character development. Because like I said, Annabelle is this woman, and I don't know why the synopsis wrote it this way, but Annabelle doesn't really show a whole lot of interest in the search. Like, she supports her boyfriend in wanting to find his nieces to make sure that they're alive and they're okay, especially after what happened to his brother, which I put a little trigger warning stamp. I have, like, a little caution sign stamp that I... Put down any time a movie has a triggering topic in it. And this one does have a suicide trigger warning to it. Because I guess the dad of these two girls, he came home one day from work, had a very erratic mental episode, and killed his wife in the process. Took his two girls out in this cabin in the woods. Was planning on killing them and himself. But Mama steps in and she kills the dad and saves the girls and raises them in the woods. Oh, well, that's kind of heartwarming. Yeah. But sick. But going back to the character development thing. So, obviously, when they find these girls, Victoria has some memory of what her life was like before she was let out into the woods Hmm. and raised by Mama. But Lily, the youngest, always has this memory of being raised by Mama and doesn't fully connect with anybody. There is some moments where she does connect with Annabelle to an extent, But then it gets pulled right back to Mama because that's all she remembers. And then Victoria forms an even stronger bond with with Annabelle and Lucas and, you know, tries to at least transition back to a normal life and leave Mama behind. But yeah, it's got a good character development and I like this movie a lot. The things I didn't like about it was that the ending was really, really bleak. And when I heard and I don't think this is fully true, but I heard that there were rumors of a Mama 2 movie. And I'm like, how? And just a a spoiler alert right now, the youngest girl, Lily, fucking dies at the end. I'm just saying, like, this, there's, based on the ending, there is no way there's going to be a Mama 2. Because first of all, the whole Mama's ghost Mm -hmm. has been resolved. She got what she wanted, and now she can move on. So there's no more motives, no nothing. There's no reason to bring in another mama ghost or to bring back the mama character and make a sequel out of it. Exactly. I don't mean to cash like cash cow it, but yeah. yeah. I'm and I know you can't see me, but I'm doing a lot of like hand waving because I'm like yeah. flustered. But it's like there's no reason for there to be a mama too. That's that being said, I gave this movie, like I said, a nine out of ten. Alright, well then let's move on. Moving on. We've already covered Child's Play and Suspira, so I'm not gonna go through those. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. You oh, and okay. I you and I both watched this movie not too long ago. It was actually your first time seeing it, so I, I want you to get a fresh review out of this. I so, actually really like it. It's a it's a good movie. It was a, definitely a big fresh air for 
mm-hmm. horror film. And it kind of mixture of a lot of different types of horror genres to mix into the one, but mostly have basically these kids from college just going into this cabin to have a nice vacation. Well, let me get to that. Okay. Cabin in the Woods has a runtime of an hour and 35 minutes. It was released on April 13th of 2012. Mm-hmm. Drew Goddard is the director. It has a 7 out of 10 IMDb rating. And the synopsis goes as this. When five college students arrive at a remote forest cabin for a little vacation, little do they expect the horrors that await them. One by one, the youths fall victim to backwood zombies, but there's another factor at play. I like it a lot. It's got a great concept. It has some comedic elements to it, which mm-hmm. I don't usually like in a horror movie, but I think in this one, it pokes a lot of fun at horror tropes, like we talked about before. Yeah. Horror, there's some horror tropes that are very outdated and overdone, overplayed, and they're just boring to a certain extent. But this movie really pokes fun at them, and I like that. And it's got an epic plot twist because... You don't know what this company is doing to these kids. Like, you get that they're in some way influencing these kids into this predicament where they are essentially killed by some force. Mm -hmm. And it couldn't, it didn't have to be zombies. Obviously, when they find this bunker, they find all these different types of creatures that could have potentially killed them. But they chose with the book, the Necronomicon book, Mm -hmm. which is, and it had like an evil dead layout to it. But it, could, it didn't have to go that way. But I like that. I like that it explored that there could have been other possibilities at hand that could have carried out this little ritual that they were trying to perform to appease the Titan gods that they were laying dormant underneath the earth, mm-hmm. which I think is very, very cool. And I like that concept. Uh, some things I didn't really like about it, I don't think Sigourney Weaver's character was necessary. I don't think Sigourney Weaver... Is ever the answer for a good movie. I'm sorry. I get that she was a big hit during the Alien franchises. But it didn't need to carry over into... She plays such minor roles in movies. She's this big name actress. We all know her. We all recognize her face. What I don't understand is why she still continues to play these minute roles. And still have this big success. I don't understand it. I just don't think her... Her being there was unnecessary. You could have casted any other actress to play that person, the bigwig of the whole company. It didn't need to be Sigourney Weaver. You didn't need to waste like maybe two days of her life to have like 10 minutes of screen time at the end. Totally unnecessary in my opinion. Wow. Mm. And while I said it had it had a lot of comedic elements to it, I think it had too much comedy to the point where it almost became lesser of a horror movie mm. and borderline horror comedy, which when genres cross over like that, in my opinion, if, I mean, if you're going to be a horror comedy, those are two completely different genres on opposite ends of the spectrum. And when they cross together like that, it's really hard to separate and categorize if they're going to be a straight up horror movie or straight up comedy movie. Well, let me explain that. Okay. For me, there's always been a good mix to mix two together. Mm-hmm. And with this, I always feel like you can always mix horror and comedy together. But there's a thing. You have to specifically make sure that you don't do one over the other. You have to have a 50-50. And with me, with comedy, uh, comedy horrors, 
I feel like you always have to put them down in a line together. It's like iced tea. It's like you have to have the one and then the other to mix together in order to taste good, you know? And it's like that with mixed drinks. With horror comedy, you can't just do 70-50 or 90 and then 50. No, it's got to be 50-50. That's why horror comedy has always been good as a genre on its own. Sure, there are some really lame-ass horror comedies, but there are some that always really have been the 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 ones who made the genre of great i know but it's hard for me to try to separate the two because take Zombieland for example that's a huge horror comedy mm-hmm. where it it has so much of a comedic element to it that it almost crosses more into comedy than it does horror which is why although i thought about it for a very very long time i've decided to not actually add that movie to my book I've seen Zombieland a few times, and it's actually one of my favorite zombie movies because zombie movies are not never usually my favorites. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. I enjoy Zombieland, but I feel like because of the comedic styles and the casting choice and everything, it has too much comedic elements to it that it just falls more of a comedy over horror. I will say my favorites have always been Return of the Living Dead, which is a good one because it adds both the elements of dark uh, dark black comedy and horror mm-hmm. uh, suspense. But also Night of the Living Dead is, uh, is will always be a classic no matter what. Because, you know, just the plot and the story of it and everything is what made zombie movies today. But I, but I digress. So I gave that movie a 9 out of 10 rating in my personal opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's a good movie. Again, pokes pokes fun at a lot of the horror tropes that we've seen replayed over and over and over again. And moving on, this is going to be the last movie that we discuss for the episode, and then we're going to call it a day. I'm sorry if it's going to be a short one. But I'm going to hold off on doing Devil's Rejects because that was going to be the next page after Cabin in the Woods. I'm going to hold off on Devil's Rejects until maybe we'll do something like this again. So, but what's the next movie? So, next movie that we're going to talk about is Colin's favorite, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You're going to do mine? Wow. Yes. Why is that? Well, because I wanted to give you something to talk more about. And technically, it is a horror movie. So, I it figured is. I watched it once. Not too long ago. So, Killer Clowns from Outer Space has a runtime of 1 hour and 28 minutes. It was released on May 27th, 1988. Steven, or Stefan Kiedo, yeah. that's his name? Yeah. St- Steven Kiedo directed it, and it has a 6.2 out of 10 IMDb rating. And the synopsis goes, When teenagers Mike and Debbie see a comet crash outside their sleepy small town, they investigate and discover a pack of murderous aliens who look very much like circus clowns. They try to warn the local authorities, but everyone assumes their story is a prank. Meanwhile, the clowns set about harvesting and eating as many people as they can. I also kind of decorated my page, too, with a lot of, like, stars and moons and like where's the clowns i don't have clown stickers you should i don't have clown stickers what's wrong with you you know what (laughs) i i have funnily enough i have a jar of stamps that have like little emoji faces on it i'm surprised not one of them is a clown emoji exactly but i wish they did but anyway can i say something now all right so this film is actually the de- the directorial debut of the uh, stop motion creators and animatronics uh, creators, the Kido Brothers. They've done a lot of commercials and 
They did. Uh, they actually broke big with Pee Wee's Big Adventure by doing a lot of the stop motion and the uh, animation, animation and puppetry and stuff. And this is what the Kiddos are known for. And it's the three brothers: Stefan for uh, Stefan's the uh, one of the brothers, and then crap, I forgot the two other brothers' names. But they are legends in the in the studio in the Hollywood world of making. Didn't a they lo- also a lot help of these puppet works? And didn't they also help in the movie Elf? Yeah, they did. They actually the ones that made the Rankin Bass influence characters, mm-hmm. and they were, and they were just like, all right, let's get this done. And literally, they made classic characters in a lot of their films. And this is a very good example of their classic work of using so, puppetry and and animation and stop motion. Yeah. So I will say that although it's not my favorite movie, I gave it a six point five out of ten rating. Mm-hmm. It has an original concept. It's got some gnarly effects, and it has some scary scenes. And it has some of the best lines in that movie. However, it has it has a very campy style to it. Mm-hmm. Very B-rated campiness. Not really my favorite, but I know it's Colin's favorite. It's too silly for my taste. Again, too much comedy to it. And I think, I think, a dog ki- gets killed in it. Yeah. And I don't like... Wait, the dog got killed? Oh, I don't know. I remember, but... I don't know what happened to the farmer's dog in the beginning. Oh, you're wearing your Killer Clowns t-shirt? Yeah, I'm wearing it underneath. Oh, my God. That that's kinda... that's the second... No, wait. I that's have... the fourth shirt you worn today. No, no, actually, it's... Uh... Oh, I only wore two. You wore the button-up this morning. Yeah. You had another t-shirt on uh, earlier yeah, this afternoon. my He-Man t-shirt. And, and now one... this? Yeah, so only three. So three shirts. I might wear a fourth one, depending on Still. <laughs> I don't usually like it when movies kill off animals, like dogs especially. Mm-hmm. So it's I always put it in my dislike list. Yeah, but it's like it's it's not like they showed the killing either. So it's like behind the scenes and they don't mean to do it. It's just what happens so, in horror movies sometimes. So in my rating scale, anywhere between a three to a four point five is alright. So a six point five is somewhere improving. Yeah, it's better than all right, but still lacking components. But it's like that kid in school. Like, he's not failing, but yet he's like a slacker, but yet he still is pretty smart. So he's like a C-average student. Still, it's not one of my favorite movies. I mean, it again, it's it's got some things that make it special, and I get why it's a cult classic, but... It's not my favorite. And the guy movies. who plays the officer is the dean of students in the Animal House movie. Is that the, the douchey one? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the, the cop his, that really His started. death scene was not only satisfying, but very creepy. Especially when the deputy officer shows up with Debbie mm. and Mike. Yeah. And he's just sitting there and you find out that the clown is using him as like a puppet. That was creepy. That's what I liked about that, it too. Like there, I said, some creepy scenes. That was one of them. And also the puppetry to that movie, especially when they have those those clowns, are some of them are actually pretty fucking scary. And yeah. especially the giant clownzilla in yeah. the end of the movie, that was pretty amazing in the feat of their creation. Like, they come up mm-hmm. with some pretty good stuff, especially how big it is, too. All right, well. And I'm sorry, folks, but it's okay. That's why we save this for another one of these. It's another episode. Yes. I mean, if you do like this episode, like I said, I've got almost a full journal's worth of entries and... I would like to do more of this, so yeah. if you guys like this one, let us know and we'll cover more. You know what i like to talk about, too? Um, mm. Maybe on the next episode, if we do talk about it, I would love to talk about Nosferatu. 
I'm going to watch that eventually. Watch and I'm that gonna, with me. Well, yeah. No, and we'll watch it together. I mean, we're not going to do another vampire debate. No, 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 of course I don't, not. I don't have a lot of vampire movies that I like. I'd just rather sit down and in watch fact, it and see what I think with you. Like, and, I want to know your opinion. Yeah. Actually, in speaking of vampires, one of my latest entries in this journal were two weller-known vampire movies that I did not like. Which ones? Oh, God, no. Is the one that what? is my personal favorite? What? Lost Boys. No, I didn't put... Okay. I told you before. I refuse to put Lost Boys in any of my journals. Because this is the thing. So far, I have one bullet journal that I am working through to be my horror movie blog book. Mm-hmm. I have two more bullet journals on standby. Once I fill this up, I'm going to make more. But I love... I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. It's really good, time-consuming project. It gives me a chance to get creative with the pages and the artwork that I want to do with them. And mm-hmm. like I said, in a way, it helps me keep track of how many movies I've seen. Yeah. Plus, it also gives me an excuse to watch more horror movies that I haven't seen yet. Like, right just before we started doing this, I started 13 Ghosts. Technically, it's a remake of a 1960 version. Yeah. But I'm watching the one with Matthew Lillard. And I think so far, it's pretty good. It's got an interesting cast, especially for the time that it was released. So. Yeah. So we'll discuss those next time. And until then, before we go any further, Aaliyah will let you know how you can get a hold of us. Yeah, so if you want to follow us on social media, we have Instagram and Facebook. I mentioned in the last episode, I did deactivate the Twitter account because... Yeah, we're we're not about that Twitter life. Well, because in the year that I've had it up, not a lot of people have been following us on Twitter. And it's really hard to post things on Twitter, too. Like, I can share links of our newer episodes... But I can't make an original post. Like when I go to create a tweet or anything and I go to type it out, the keyboard doesn't stay up long enough for me to make an original post. So I had to deactivate the Twitter account because it was getting kind of stupid. So we no longer have a Twitter, but we still have Instagram, Facebook. Our Patreon is also still up. You can also hear our podcast on Verbal now and the My Brass Radio Network. And I believe that is it as far as social media outlets. Anything you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Um, no, but other than that, um, thank you all for listening to us. I'm all, we're always happy to he- have you guys listen to us and enjoy our rants and our bickering and our love for horror and any type of things involving with that genre. Yes. So with that being said, that has been the Abby Normal Podcast episode for this week. I am your host, Aaliyah. And I am Colin Bourne signing off saying, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? <laughs>